Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to To Be A Terrier, Stephen Chicken here, joined by David Hartrick. And in today's episode, we're going to look at some of the questions about football that you have that you want answering, like what is a number six and what's a false nine? Or at least we were going to do that, but a uh, little bit of a change of plan, eh, Dave? What? What's happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Carlos Gorbrand obviously has resigned as Huddersfield Town head coach. Big news, big shock news. I had a, a van full of rubbish and, and furniture and garden waste that needed taken to the tip when I got the call that, that he, he'd he stepped down, hence why I wasn't available on hand to do it. it was, yesterday was the only day that I could possibly do it. Awful timing, but no one cares. Well, no it's one all, cares. It's all Penny's Go on, anyway. explain. Well, Penny, a couple of years ago... My wife, Penny, decided quite late on to go to North Wales with Bo for a couple of days. And they disappeared off on the Sunday. I had to work, so I was staying at home. So I waved them off at about nine o'clock. And about half past nine, you rang me to say Danny Cowley had been sacked. And we needed to pod and do various other things. Yesterday, at nine o'clock, my wife, I waved my wife and Bo off because they'd decided to go to North Wales quite late on, quite late booking for a few days just because they had the chance to uh, and I waved them off at nine o'clock and then had a phone conversation at half past nine that Carlos Corbran has resigned. I promise you I will not let her go to North Wales again town fans or alternatively yeah. if you want rid and if you want to book a cottage in Wales for them for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so obviously this is, has come out the blue they move very quickly to appoint Danny Schofield as new head coach. There was some confusion around that with the fans. I think it was, you know, it was in the middle of the statement that, that Carlos had resigned. And I think it probably could have done with a, you know, a separate piece, a, a separate headline, I, just saying yeah. Danny Schofield appointed head coach. Before we, we're going to talk about all aspects of this, so don't worry. But I do think perhaps in hindsight, I think they could have separated the two by, you know, even if yeah. they did it, separated it by 15 minutes, just from the point of view of... When you do it in that initial piece, you can't. You could have done it People in a separate piece. They're still digesting piece the and, first bit, aren't they? Yeah, and you want. I think if they'd have done it in a separate piece, you could play up the succession planning and the you know the system and promoting from within far more because obviously <laughs> that statement was essentially two thirds. Carlos has gone, and then a quick sort of third at the bottom. This is what's going to happen. So, yeah, one of those things, but perhaps not the most important part of yesterday. <laughs> no, absolutely, and I understand the impulse to try and you know knock it on the head immediately. But obviously, there's been a lot of speculation about why Carlos has chosen to resign. But from what we understand, you know, he he felt like he'd taken the club as far as he could take them, which suggests that. You know, he had some concerns about how next season was going to play out is the long and short of it, isn't it? And, you know, I, I think, 
you know, obviously the speculation is out there. Is it transfers? Is it, well, I mean, transfers is the main one that everyone's talking about, of course. Mm. I wouldn't put too much weight in the idea that they've then, that they've signed two players on the, the, the Wednesday and then Wednesday night is gone in and said, I quit. I don't think <laughs> those two signings they've made, you know, Kasumi they've been after for a very long time. He's a very Carlos Gorbran style player. He's, I can't imagine he'd have any objection to that. Conor Mahoney is a, an excellent squad option as well. I think, you know, he's got, He's not played a lot the last couple of years, but he's got a lot of upside. I think he's a, a good signing for a position where they needed a bit of extra extra strength and another option, and not least he's another set-piece taker where they've only got Sorba Thomas at the moment to take those dead balls. So I, I wouldn't assume that it was the players they brought in, but if he did have any misgivings over recruitment, you know, it's it's whether there might have been players that they missed out on, for instance, that, mm-hmm. that, that perhaps he thought they could have done with. Yeah, I, I'm not... I don't want to get too ranty, but there was a lot of people who were saying some pretty wild things on Twitter yesterday, like claiming they knew exactly what had happened. Um, yeah. And none none of us know exactly what had happened other than those who were directly involved. I, I, I had, for instance, just to give an example, the two players signed on one day and then he went the day after thing. I had somebody say, you know, he, was, he, he must have been annoyed at the quality of them and and decided enough was enough like they don't just sort of pop into Carlos's office in the morning and say oh by the way <laughs> we're signing <laughs> Conor Mahoney they he he there will have been a recruitment plan that he will have been part of that will be most of it will have been decided upon before last season ended so mm-hmm. none of this has come as a big surprise that's just purely coincidental timing but I think <sighs> You know, we, there are things we can say and things we can't say. I, th- I think Town's b- recruitment plans have been more fluid this summer, I think, than they were last summer. I think it's fair to say last summer there was like a really... Well, you you saw the entire ethos was get them in early, get the bulk of that squad together, get them as fit as possible, supplement them with a couple of loans and, and go from there. This summer, I think it's been a bit more fluid. I think the, the targets have been on a list rather than a specific person, you know, they've been desperate to get. And I, I think Will Boyle is solid. I think Conor Mahoney does a certain thing really well in the squad. And the reason he's been signed for me is so that Sorba Thomas doesn't have to play every single minute of next season like he did the last one, basically. Um, and, you know, Kasama is a really good signing that they've beaten Swansea to. And he's he's an, an, an excellent, excellent player. But... I, I mean, we need to talk about possible reasons why it's gone. I think it's a myriad of things, really, Steve. I don't think it's just, oh, right, it's recruitment. That's the reason no, he's gone. No, agreed. I think it's, uh, this is the moment that Carlos can go and put a naught on his pay packet. <laughs> you know, let's be honest. He's not gone to another job, but he's clearly he's clearly had offers because that's how football works, isn't it, Steve? You know, mm-hmm. let's let's be grown up about this. That is how business is done. And, yeah, I mean, trying to replicate a third-place finish and a narrowly losing a playoff final with a huge sense of injustice over a couple of refereeing decisions, it's very difficult to know what success is next season. And when you're sort of a very obsessive coach and you love the fine detail, if, you, if you're struggling to see how, what, how you better that, I, I kind of get him saying he's taken them as far as he can Steve and much like we said with Pippa that you know no lad from Catalonia grows up dreaming of playing for the <laughs> town I think that you know probably 
you know, in the same way, Huddersfield Town was a career move for Carlos Corbran. You know, it was mm. his first first step into head coaching in a, a very high profile job. Uh, I know he'd obviously done it in Cyprus before, but you know, it's Cyprus. So, no offense to any Cypriot listeners out there, but you know, you're listening to an English football podcast. So, what does that tell you? But um, <clears throat> no, it's um. It was a career move for him, and I th- the impression I get is that he, from speaking to the club, is that he effectively wanted to go out while his stock was mm. as high as it's going to be, effectively. And, you know, obviously that, that will prompt concern among the supporters because they're going to say, well, what has he seen that makes him think that, that there's a backslide coming? But, you know, it, I, I think, obviously, the one that, that has sort of... We, I think we may have talked about this last time, but the thing that sort of surprised me a little bit is some of the fans' reaction to the Lewis O'Brien stuff because that is a player who, if you'd asked after the Perth final, is Lewis O'Brien going to leave this summer? Probably 99% of town fans would have said, I hope he doesn't, but yeah, he will. Mm-hmm. I think we're in that camp as well. And then suddenly when there's a bid for him, everyone <laughs> loses their minds uh, at the idea that he might leave, which, I don't know, maybe it was just because it was Forrest, but, but there you go, and... You know, it's Pippa, everyone sort of shrugged their shoulders at the fact that he was sold. I think maybe what has sort of tipped people over the edge, though, is the Harry Toffolo situation, which we talked about a lot on the last episode, so we won't go through that in full detail again. But you do wonder if, you know, that that sort of cumulative effect that has had the fans sort of starting to worry and go in, mm. what direction are we going in, whether that might have been something that played on Carlos's mind as well, in truth, you know. We, we we were talking a little bit off air um, and we were saying that I think one of the things that really strikes us that we know Corbran would, not annoyed is perhaps the wrong word, but how he wants his transfer, his sort of summer set up really, is he wants the bulk of the business done really early and I think you have to understand that includes the outs as well, so... In a, in a dream scenario, he would probably want, if Toph and O'Brien are going, them to be gone at this point and the money being reinvested. And he, he wants to coach players, you know, he wants to get hold of players and coach them and have some time with them. So he may not want to lose them, but he's sort of, my impression of Carlos is that he's more of, he is going to lose them. He just wants to sort of get them out the door and then carry on. It It's it's a bit like last summer with the the and Benza and uh, do you remember when we were asking them in, in in press conferences about was there any you know was there any activity in regards to a transfer and he just said well they're just not with my group <laughs> you know they're just not mm-hmm. with me which isn't the situation O'Brien and Topham no not at all the, you know. not at all but it's just it's a marker of he wants time with his group doesn't he he wants his sort of core mm. players and he wants to coach them so I would imagine there's an aspect of that. But I think the other quite reactionary thing I've seen is that Town are going to be Barnsley next season and they're going to get relegated. I don't think they are. But I think what you have to understand from Corbyn's point of view is that if he, if he finishes seventh, that's essentially a failure because they may, they finished third and made the playoff final last year. These are impossibly high standards. You know, these are... You're talking about being in the top 25 clubs in the country and anything less is failure. So it's not like, you know, he could see them tumbling down through the league and being relegated and being non-league in three years and doing a meat raffle at half-time. It's just that the standards he set for himself are almost impossibly high with 
you know, with what he's got to work with at the current moment, and he's he wants to go while his his stock is high. But also at this point, he's worked in Spain, he's worked in Cyprus, he's worked is it Saudi Arabia? He's worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's worked yeah. in England. So I think the other thing is, I think you can be quite narrow narrow framed in your sort of set of references and go, okay, well. He must be looking at, you know, like you say, something like Bournemouth, but he's probably got offers from various around yeah. Europe and he's already proved he's not afraid to travel. So it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if he ended up somewhere in England because they'd seen what he could do and somebody picked him up. It wouldn't surprise me if he ended up somewhere else, you know, somewhere somewhere around Europe because the Championship, I think, is the, if I remember rightly, is the fifth most watched league in terms of television mm-hmm. viewers uh, in the world, <laughs> which seems bizarre, but in the world. So it's not like he's been working in a league and he's, nobody knows who he is. Yeah, and, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, everyone's been... Obviously, my, my Twitter was on fire yesterday and everyone's sort of looking for answers and what's gone on and what's been said and all of these things and the, the the honest truth is that we don't have all of those answers i think sort of the full context might become clearer once we do know what carlos's next job is uh perhaps not you know for, for, as far as the club are concerned he's told them i don't have anything else lined up um i just can, think it's the right just, time to move on just clear something up as well there was like there was i'm not i'm not saying don't be gullible but it was like the thing that went round last night and suddenly i got a load of messages saying apparently he's going to be Jesse Marsh's assistant manager at Leeds United a check the account where something like that has come from and they had 66 followers <laughs> and b it's fairly wildly known that they they had assistant manager job there chris armas who was with him at leipzig and was with ralph rangnick last season is is basically his choice and it's probably going to end up there so just i think don't be don't be easily wound upable <laughs> yeah there is a report in football insider and that, that basically says the same thing this morning but with the best well in the world uh, they also claimed that town were going to go for Lee and Manning, yeah, and nothing e- in it. even 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 after they'd already announced that Danny Schofield would would be his, his successor and yeah i just i don't know maybe you know famous last words but i i honestly just can't see that happening <laughs> you know why would you you know he left leeds to go and take a head coach job mm. why why would he go back to go and be an assistant the only i, the I don't o- really see that i think the only way he'd go back and be an assistant is if basically they said in six months time <laughs> you're gonna have the job and or if or if bielsa came and said come and be my assistant elsewhere yeah you know, that might that athletic might, is looking at yeah that might be that might be different but yeah i, I just think i I think what was quite telling in terms of where his next job goes as well is that his assistant has gone as well because that feels to me like one of them yeah one of them um but that to me feels like he he's going to go somewhere and be a head coach and he's going to bring him with him um you know we'll see who knows who knows yeah you, you know you and I are speculating as well and I know you know you said earlier there's things we can and can't say and that's not from the point of view of we know stuff that we can't say. We've been banned from saying it. It's just, you know, we we are you and I are not in the speculation business, although we are speculating a little bit here. You know, we we can't we can't really commit to things that we don't know for sure. Um, 
but we can we can certainly toss sort of theories around as as we have done. Should we should we make up a rumor and see if it gets out there? Let's say he's going to Hurricane Corbran for Hurricane. Okay, lovely. That there you go. Exclusive, you heard it here first. You've heard it here. Three year contract. <laughs> but Danny Schofield is now the head coach. You know they they met with the players. They they've informed them that that Danny Schofield will be the head coach. I'm told that they are. You know they're pleased that it's an internal. Uh, promotion rather than a, a new recruitment and a new recruit from outside because you know I think it's worth remembering that part of the reason the Cowleys initially turned down town was because town were offering a head coach job and they wanted to have this structure in place where the manager is not the be-all and end-all of the club because they'd seen what a mess things were after David Wagner had left and they're like we can't have it again where a manager leaves and the entire thing falls apart so they've now got Lee Bromby as the head of football operations and they sat the Cowleys partly to and largely to get back to that structure that they originally had in mind. You know, they had to cave to the Cowleys in the end and give them the manager job. But ideally they had wanted the head coach role and they've intentionally put the structure in place with the idea that the head coach is going to be a cog in a larger machine rather than you know, Sir Alex Ferguson leaves Man United kind of thing and the heart and soul is ripped out of the club. I think Carlos obviously is going to, being sort of the first manager after that big reset, or sorry, being the first head coach after that big reset, I should say, does make a difference. You know, he's inevitably going to be much more influential. It's You can see the ideas that he brought in much more clearly. But the idea behind that system is that you have this idea of the style in play in mind that goes above the head coach and whoever you bring in as your head coach has a similar style of play in mind. And, you know, this isn't this isn't something they're just saying because it's like, oh, the manager's quit, so let's just get some PR guff out there. I wrote a piece for Football 365 in 2017 saying, why don't more clubs do succession planning with their managers? Because Swansea did it to spectacular success you know they went through a series of managers who were all of a similar sort of mindset in terms of um the way the game should be played and and had great success in that went from league one to establishing themselves as a mid-table premier league side won the league cup so this is you know when we're talking at games when i'm talking to people from the club we're not always just talking about Huddersfield Town. It's 90% Huddersfield Town, but you know, we're all interested in the game as a whole as well. So these are the kinds of ideas that that we'll talk about. And, you know, from those conversations they were absolutely on the same page when it came to succession planning. So I do believe them when they say that Danny Schofield was always sort of pegged to be Carlos's successor. It's obviously come about quicker than anyone <laughs> anticipated. But you know, I, I think it's probably a good move to try and keep that continuity going by having someone that's already worked under that coaching setup yeah definitely um i my worry my worry is i i think from what i've seen i think danny Schofield is very good very competent um coach and the succession planning and having a style i i absolutely believe in and i think for a club like Huddersfield Town, it's so important because you can't just keep resetting every time you get a manager in because more than anything, it's just it costs you a fortune, <laughs> doesn't it? You know, recruiting players well, it, for a certain yeah, style, exactly. paying managers off, and a changing you know like who you've got in your B teams and changing the way everything is done. It's just unfeasibly expensive. I just it's the timing, isn't it? You just hope 
mm-hmm. because he's going to need some patience, and it, it's going to take a while for when when you had a Carlos Corbran who is so obsessive and so into the fine detail and so you know every single kick of the game is analysed. It is going to be different, and it's also important that Danny Schofield is his own man as well. You know, is yeah. is not just a not just a clone. So there's there's a lot of these things that have got to come together and he needs a bit of patience and he needs a bit of time and yeah. I I, I just hope the fans have that patience with him because he deserves it. He's he's earned it. It's just he's not had the top job. Yeah. He he was offered a job elsewhere in Europe. I I'd, I'd been told that before that went in the uh, in the club statement, you know. So that that is that's not Again, that's not just a PR move to say, "Oh well, he'd had, you know, he had been offered a head coach job somewhere in Europe." Danny Schofield, he's very, very well thought of within the game, not just at Huddersfield Town. But the thing with, you know, I think whatever happens with Danny Schofield, however things go on the pitch, he's almost. I'm not saying there's no pressure on him. Of course, there's pressure on him. He'll, you know, he's he's very well connected. You know, he's got big connections to Huddersfield Town, played for them, coached for them, coached the mm. academy. You know, he he will, you know, he's and he's start he's taking his first head coach job, which will set him up for the rest of his career. Of course, he wants to do well. There'll be plenty of pressure on him. You know, just on from from within himself. But I think the fans, if things go wrong on the pitch at the start of the new season. The fans are going to be pointing at the director's box, not the dugout, aren't they? Yeah. So, yeah. in that in that regard, I think he's, you know, I think he'll have an idea of of what he wants to do. I imagine a lot of that will be let's not stray too far from what Carlos already had planned. But as you say, you know, we saw with Carlos Gorbrand last season. You know, first season he came in and was sort of mimicking a lot of the stuff that Bielsa had done at Leeds and found that half of it didn't work and you know we made the comment on the podcast a few months ago the more Carlos moved away from that became his own man the better he did so Schofield does need to have sort of the courage of his convictions and Mm. needs to to put his own imprint on things a bit now Mm. it's again though it's the same thing it's the timing there's three weeks before the season starts it's 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 difficult, and that is why he's going to need some patience. Because, um, yeah, it's it's. I can see we both think the squad was likely being set up to play four at the back more this year. It, as as a coach, Schofield has sort of been taking his lead from Corbin at the top to make sure that the teams down the down the chain are playing in a similar way, or at least trying to ape what the first team are doing. So it's very difficult to know what. Okay, what does a Danny Schofield team look like? This is what we're going to see. This is what what is in our future. So it's quite. I know at the moment it doesn't feel like it because we've just had twenty four hours of. I just love all the drama, Mick. Um, but I think I think there are reasons to be. I wouldn't say necessarily positive because I know how some town fans feel at the moment. But I think there's a lot of interest going into these first few games about how town are going to set up and what what Schofield's team's going to look like. I wouldn't expect any positivity from town fans at this point. It's just, it's no. not how it works. No. I think what you and I would both say, and, and for people wondering why we're not sort of sitting here slagging off Dean Hoyle or slagging off Lee Bromby, it's because even before this happened, I was getting a little bit frustrated at the the assumption that next season is definitely going to be rubbish and, mm. you know, they're definitely not going to make any signings and then lo and behold, they make two in a single day that they'd, they'd been working on. I think there is an expectation now that everything is going to be bad next season. 
you and I, as as journalists, analysts, reporters, whatever you want to call us, can't just sit here and assume everything's going to be terrible. We need to wait and see. And you know, if if things do start badly, if do if next season is a bit of a disaster, then of course we'll say that. You know, we 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 said it during you know during the first season back in the championship. We said it during Carlos's first season in charge. We're we're not afraid to criticise, but you and I, I think, are both. Because we've got that detachment, we don't have that emotional attachment, are able to sort of sit here and say, well, we need to see how this plays out. And mm. I don't think it is necessarily going to be, you know, all doom and gloom next season. I think, to be honest, to me, it seems like the most likely thing is that we're going to have a bit of a mixture. We're going to have yeah. a lot of good things, a lot of development, some, and particularly now Schofield's in charge, some new ideas, some different things. And... But I think also next season is is I think Carlos is probably right that next season is uh, it is going to be very difficult to replicate what they did mm. last year. It, it still feels to me like a mid-table season. The problem is they've just finished third. That's that's the big issue, and it, it such a massive overperformance, which is what it did. There were some underlying things when you looked at it. I mean, luck. However you define that plays a bit of a part, but it wasn't by accident that Town were third in that league. They were the third best team in the Championship last year by a way. But there are also some quite funny metrics, you know, non-set-piece XG. They only outperform the relegated sides, for example. And there was a couple other things you look at and you think, OK, this is quite... This this is quite extraordinary, really. But then the parallels were there with Wagner's team, to be fair, because when they got promoted, there were some really weird, <laughs> really weird stats you can draw out and look at that it was a sort of little bit of a lightning in a bottle moment. So, yeah, it's still, even with Carlos Corbran in charge, it felt like, to us, off the record, it was likely going to be a sort of mid-table season. And I still think it feels that it's likely going to be a mid-table season. Could be wrong, um, but I just think that even with changing manager, there's enough DNA there and there's enough quality in the squad to certainly be in lower mid-table at the least. Um, So the issue is, as I said, it's just that third-place finish, isn't it? How do you Any Any season where you go backwards from the season before isn't, you know, isn't really acceptable to fans. But I just think with Huddersfield Town, you know, they've been in the playoff final twice in the last five years without spending a load of money. And when they have spent a load of money, they've spent it very poorly. You know, this is a point that we made a few weeks ago as well. You know, if you were Dean Hoy looking at it, and you'd go, well, what are the signings that haven't worked? Alex Pritchard, Dama Diakabi, Isaac and Benza, probably the most notable failures. What are the signings that have worked? Carlan Grant, Sorba Thomas, Josh Garoma, Harry Toffolo, mm. you know, all by the standards of the division they were in at the time, cheap signings. You know, Carlan Grant's the only one of them who cost more than a million. He cost two million and they sold him for 16. And when you look at the, again, something I've tried to tried to put forward the case for, and again, I'm not saying all their recruitment is brilliant, they've got nothing to do, they can rest on their laurels, but... When you look at the size of the rebuild they had coming into the summer compared with pretty much every other club in the championship, mm. they they had one of the smallest rebuilds of anyone. They'd lost, I think it was the fourth or fifth fewest minutes from from the players that played last season. Colwell and Sonani being the biggest losses. Obviously, O'Brien and Toffolo bumped that up considerably. Mm. But every 
every club is going to lose key players. You know, we say, you know, we're talking about how Millwall are recruited really well, but they've lost one of the best players in the division in, in Jed Wallace. Mm. You know, Swansea have recruited very well, but they've also had to, to let go of, you know, some high-profile players. So it's part of life in the championship. I, I think probably this... This sort of atmosphere and this reaction was probably inevitable from the moment they lost that playoff final, to, mm. to be honest. And I think probably would have been inevitable even if they'd won the playoff final to a certain extent because yeah. the expectation would have been even more for them to go out and spend a load of money, which I don't know if they were necessarily planning on doing. So, you know, I think there's there's obvious points that we're sort of <laughs> bookmarking mm. as potential points for criticism for the new season. But... I also think, well, you, but we do need to wait and see first before yeah, before put, we say that it's all wrong. Let's put it another way. There are a lot of people listening to this podcast that want me and you to go and two-foot individuals and two-foot Huddersfield Town as an entity. And there are far more shades of grey than that. There is no point doing it now because it gives us absolutely nowhere to go analytically if you go and do that. And neither of us feel the situation deserves that. You know, it's disappointing that Carlos Corbran has gone because me and you had been turned round. The the first season we were extremely critical. But the the path of And going learned, into and re, and we were extreme I I was basically Carlos out after the Fulham game at the start of last season. So, you know, I've kind of learnt a lesson about knee jerking yeah. in, from that from that one. But the the path of learning that Carlos went on like you weren't wrong to do that at the time you know context change things change people learn people do things differently it's it's just that at the moment i think this is still very very raw and completely understand the emotion of it but we have to be a little bit colder to it than that and who knows you know we could be sitting here in a couple of months with danny schofield having taken i don't know 25 out of 30 points and everything is absolutely lovely but the other side of it is with someone like Danny Schofield, you can't just keep... town. If you look at Town's managers, you know, you had Carlos Corbran, it was his first high-profile job, first job in England. Danny Cowley, it was his first job outside of Lincoln, who he'd taken from non-league. Jan Sievert was given a chance, it was his first job. Uh, David Wagner, it was his first proper job you know in in terms of full in terms of a decent level of professional football and you can go back as well town are a club who tend to give managers a chance they're not they they can't afford to be frank to go and get i don't know a a wayne rooney on one and a half million quid a year it's just not going to happen because that's not that's not what the sort of dna of huddersfield town is so danny schofield is sort of of the same lineage when you look at it that David Wagner came from that Carlos Corbran came from dare I say it yeah and I totally agree with you I think that fans might go yeah but Jan Sievert which (laughs) probably is fair enough I think there were other circumstances (laughs) around Jan when you look at the state the club was in at the time but you know that inexperience is going to lead to again it's this is this is the problem is that it's just a lot of unknowns at the moment Mm. and you know I think it's natural if you're a fan that when you have a lot of unknowns after a a really good season you naturally fill that in with well it's going to get worse but (laughs) you and I had to sit here and go well there's a lot of unknowns we need to see how it plays out Mm. so you know it's and again there's there's lots of questions that sort of still need answering i think as i say i was bombarded on twitter with lots of questions 
yesterday. Understandably, I don't have the answer to all those questions. I think obviously town are going to be getting it in the neck as well looking people looking for, for for answers on things the reality is you know carlos has resigned unexpectedly it's not the same as when you know if they were planning to sack carlos and they'd had you know two days to on the quiet plan their statement and work out what's the best pr strategy you know how are we going to sell it to the fans what are we going to put out there you know carlos quit abruptly and they had to to respond to that and you know, there's, well, you there's could thing, see from, you know, the, from the tone of Lee Bromby's interview and his statement, couldn't you see, that, that they'd been caught, uh, they they were planning for life with Carlos Corbran mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. So it's not like this was a two-way thing. This was Carlos's decision totally. Yeah. You know, there are people saying it can't have been a shock. The writing must have been on the wall. He must have had those conversations before. I gather that... that he didn't really. It was a genuine surprise to both Hoyle and to to Bromby. And there's questions like, will Danny Schofield get a new contract to reflect his his new role? I, well, he's he's going to have to. His his you know his job spec has changed. They they will do that new contract. They're not necessarily going to make a song and dance about it, but I believe that that will be happening. Will they appoint um, a replacement for Jorge? Yeah, I think they will. You know, yeah. they'll want to have the same sort of numbers yeah, on the training so. pitch. So, but again, these are the kinds of things that, because of the circumstances of it, they haven't been able to announce these things. You know, on the same day that Carlos has gone, or the day after Carlos has has gone. So, I think you know, it's it's easy for us to sit here and ask for patience, and I can completely understand why the fans would say, well, "Why should we be be patient?" But uh, the kind of no other choice at this stage, really. Yeah, I I think just to go back to something you were saying there, I, I wouldn't actually mind if they went and got somebody else for the bench with a little bit of experience, just to some somebody who a I Terry mean, McDermott type figure. Yeah, just somebody who's been there a little bit and seen it before, because I think they could do with a little bit of that in in truth um, on that bench. So. That's an area of recruitment I would probably look at and maybe go and get somebody you might have heard of before rather than sort of pulling somebody from, from nowhere, but who knows really. But yeah, it's it's all up in the air, isn't it? I mean, we've literally not even had a pre-season friendly yet to talk about, look at, analyse in terms of Danny Schofield, Huddersfield Town, have we? No. And the other thing to keep in mind, you know, I think in an ideal world when they have a new manager, they would usually, I think, try and do a, a press conference, but... Again, you have to remember that it's the middle of pre-season training. So, you know, I believe that, that something like that will be sorted out. There'll be a chance to, to go on the record with Danny Schofield. Um, over the coming days, again, I think just be respectful of the fact that it is an unexpected thing that's happened here and, and they need a bit of time to put their, their ducks in a row. Um but obviously that's something to look forward to. We've got the pre-season friendlies coming up, as you say, and the transfer window is still open until the end of August. The season doesn't... Well, the season's quite quickly approaching. It's three weeks away. They they need to, you know, naturally, the, the getting on the training pitch, briefing the players took priority over giving a you know, sorting out an emergency press conference, which I think is, is fair enough. There was a rumour, by the way, that the players... 
didn't train yesterday. Training was cancelled. I believe they actually did a double session. There's, there's absolutely well nothing in that. You know, you the show even, must go on. You don't even need to say believe. We know for a fact they did a double we, training session. Yeah. So yeah. there was all sorts of weird stuff, weird and wonderful fly- stuff flying about yesterday. What I, what I would say is that it's understandable. It's what fans do on social media. But like, just always have a look and try and see if you can see where this has originally come from. Because often, like the Carlos Corbran assistant manager at Leeds United thing, you trace it back to a Leeds insider account that has got 66 followers and their pin tweet is that Leeds are about to sign Daniel Sturridge on a free. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there was one the other day that Aaron Moy's been released from China and, you know, <laughs> funnily enough, I've not really had a chance to follow up on that. But, like, when I looked at it, it's like, oh, Fabrizio Romano's tweeted it and you go on Fabrizio Romano's Twitter and no, he hasn't. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> like, it just, you know, there's nothing on Shanghai Port's website and it's like, well, there isn't actually any credible source for this that I can see but it doesn't stop it you know as Terry Pratchett said a rumour can get reeled around the world twice before the truth even got its boots on so I think you're right I think sort of any rumours you've heard in the immediate aftermath of the you know of Carlos quitting I think pinch of salt some of it will be true I think a lot of it will be guff so you know we'll, we'll obviously try and bring you all of the the the, the truth as much as we can um, I think that's all we can really say at this point dave uh conveniently i'm uh and i've got two weeks off coming up so dave will be covering your pre-season friendlies i'm probably going to jump on if we get a chance to speak to danny schofield i'll be jumping on that regardless i'll uh, i'll put my plans on hold but um yeah i'm sure there's going to be plenty more to digest over the next couple of weeks even before the season gets underway dave yes never boring is it never boring musical tip i've been to be honest, I've been assaulted by my wife's musical taste over the last week, so I've not actually uh, been listening to much other than Kenny Rogers. Not the Dirty Dancing soundtrack? No, no, she does that in spells, but she's mad on country and western. Alison Krauss, Kenny Rogers, that Lady Gaga film, Where the Bloat Dies, I probably just spoiled that for everyone. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called, but it's that, that's on non The Star is Born? Is it? Yeah. That might be it. She watched it on a plane and cried her eyes out so much that the bloke sitting next to her literally had to give her a hug. Um, that wasn't me, by the way. She was at, she was going to India with work. Uh, so I've, I've genuinely not listened to a thing this week other than her rubbish. The self-esteem album, Prioritise Pleasure, is my jam at the moment, if anyone's interested in that. She's from Rotherham. It's an absolute banger of an album. Uh, so... That's my tip. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time, everyone. Goodbye. 